What's up, everybody? I am Raymond Summerlin, your host for this edition of the Rotor World Football Podcast. And this week, we're going to do things a little bit differently since most fantasy leagues concluded their seasons last week. Those of you who didn't, I, I very sorry for you. Thoughts and prayers all around. DFS, however, is still going strong and will be going strong into the playoffs, as will the DFS toolkit available at rotorworld.com. I Absolutely adore playoff DFS. I think our first guest tonight also loves playoff DFS, if I'm going to put words in his mouth. So make sure you go and check that out. Check out the toolkit and, and be ready for the playoffs. So what we're going to do a little bit different is Nick Minzio is going to join me first this week to talk about some of his favorite plays of the weekend. And then Rich Rebar will join me after that to discuss some of the most interesting players from his weekly worksheet column. So just a little bit different. Before we get to all of that, however, I would like to remind you to rate and review the podcast wherever you find it. It helps other people find the show. It helps us in the rankings, and we very much appreciate it. With that out of the way, let's let's do this thing. What's going on, Nick? What's up, Ray? You know, just just have a bit of that Christmas hangover. I, I messed up the intro like three times. Never happens to me, but I <laughs> messed it up this time. Just, you know, I got to get all that eggnog and ham out of my system, I think. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I'm, I'm right there with you, man. It was a good Christmas, but, but good to be back on the football scene here. Week 17, always fun, kind of like preseason football. But it's always a good time. Yeah, and this week we have – I saw someone mention on Twitter, it seems like this week means more. And I will say, especially in the AFC, every team still has something to play for. But there are still plenty of of those those teams that you're going, all right, yeah. I don't know if they're going to play. Like the Panthers even talked about resting some players. Like we could be looking at a week in which you don't have Ezekiel Elliott, you don't have Alvin Kamara, you don't have Christian McCaffrey. It could really be a – it could really be an interesting week. And that certainly makes for values from DFS. So we're just going to go through a couple guys here at each position that we are eyeing. Some of them, you know, really good values, especially once we get to running back. And some of them just guys that you know, that we like. And we'll get started at quarterback. And maybe not at the top of the board, but someone that you're eyeing this week is Lamar Jackson. Why? Yeah, definitely not at the top for me. I mean, if I was going to spend up, it'd be Patrick Mahomes in that, in that must-win spot against the Raiders. But coming down a little bit from there, Lamar Jackson against the Browns. Uh man, since taking over as a starter in week 11, he's the QB 14 in fantasy points per game. Uh, weekly finishes no higher than QB 9 and no lower than QB 17, which was last week against the Chargers. Been real steady, but just hasn't had that huge game where he really runs for a couple touchdowns and throws for one or vice versa, whatever. He just hasn't had multiple touchdowns in one area with another touchdown in the other area. So it's really capping his floor. Um, but, I mean, he has that that skill set in him. Uh, he hasn't rushed for a t- rushed for a touchdown since week 13, but he's providing a real stable foundation on the ground with 77.3 rushing yards per game. Um, since taking over the starter, his 39 yards last week were actually his fewest, but he made up for it with 204 passing yards and a touchdown. Um, that was his first 200 yard passing game since becoming starter. So he can do a little bit of both. Um, I, I really like this spot against the Browns. The Ravens got a win to take the uh, AFC North and then the Browns are trying to win this game to, eliminate Baltimore from the playoffs and maybe perhaps get Pittsburgh into it. So the Browns Super Bowl and then must win spot for the Ravens. Um, not a real sexy game on the from a, a point total standpoint with a 41 point total, but the Ravens are running a ton of plays. They're averaging 71.3 plays since Jackson took over under center. The Browns are dead last in opponent plays per game. So I like this spot for Jackson to get volume. 
maybe throw for a touchdown, maybe run for one, keep it nice, steady floor. A good cash game play. Um, good for tournaments as well if you can just like unleash that upside that he has inside his in his game. Yeah, I think that the point you make there is that we know what the floor is, and the mm-hmm. floor is pretty good, which makes you feel comfortable with him in cash games. But we also know that we haven't seen it yet. But it's clear just by his the way he plays and his game, what he offers you from a rushing perspective, the upside is there for just a massive game. We haven't right. seen it, but that upside is certainly there for a massive game. And in a must-win situation, then it's possible it happens here. The guy that I'm really looking at, and you're right, he's not the top of my list. Patrick Mahomes is just such a great play. But he's right there at near the same price as Lamar Jackson, a little bit more expensive at DraftKings and $100 cheaper at FanDuel, and that's Jameis Winston, who was cruising along as a weekly quarterback one, including a game against the Saints. He didn't really have the passing numbers against the Saints, but he had a bit of a rushing production there. Then he ended up hitting two of the tougher defenses in the league, both of them on the road, and he, he did what quarterbacks tend to do against good defenses on the road. He struggled a little bit. He still managed to throw for 336 yards against the Cowboys, but now he's home against a defense, which has given up the third most points to quarterbacks this season, including 395 yards and four touchdowns to Jameis Winston back in week six. This game, uh, this game has a high total. The bucks actually have the fifth highest implied team total in the league as the numbers, as we're recording this on, on Wednesday evening. So you look at all of that and you're like, well, there's, there's a, situation here where this could explode now you mentioned something we really need to pay attention to that you know the browns and the ravens were both motivated to win that game we don't really know in this game both these teams are eliminated there's not much to play for that's a concern but i mean he's hundred dollars cheaper than lamar at FanDuel and josh allen he's the same price as brady Foles and trubisky i think without that concern i would bet that he would outscore all of them and so i and so I think like as a tournament play, maybe not in cash because of the concern, but as a tournament play, like I, I think he's just a, he's a great option. I'm right there with you. And my only concern was when I was, when uh, the Bucks came back to practice on Wednesday, Dirk Cutter was saying that he might give Ryan Griffin some run in this game. So that I, uh, I completely I got off that. Winston in cash. So I would have yeah, been the right there that. with you. I would play Winston a hundred times out of a hundred over Lamar Jackson at 7,600 instead of 7,700 for Jackson. But the, the Griffin thing is really scaring me. So I'm at the, bounce off him in cash but tournament play absolutely right there with you yeah I, I hadn't even seen that and that just that takes you further away from him in cash but yeah as a tournament play i still i still think that the upside is there all right let's move over to running back where they're i mean pick your value at running back this week right right yeah, yeah. i mean we got jeff wilson for the 49ers um brian hill pr- potentially for the falcons in that same game you're just talking about but i'm a, we'll touch on royce freeman here by the time the weekend rolls around, there's just going to be a ton of ton of cheap running backs start popping up as plays, um, whether it's due to injuries or teams resting studs. Um, Freeman falls into the former category as Philip Lindsay hurt his wrist on Chris, Christmas Eve night in that game. Nobody watched against the Raiders. Um, so <laughs> I wouldn't blame you if this is the first time this is you're hearing about Lindsay's injury. <laughs> I'm telling you that it was on as I was drinking wine. I'm not oh, it was absolutely on the TV. I just did, had no clue what the score was. Didn't even know what was going on. Um, did not care also. so. But I just ex- here's the deal with this situation. I expect Freeman to uh, 
handle early down and goal line work against the Chargers in this home game. Devontae Booker staying in that two-minute role and then maybe like getting an uptick in pass game work. Um, Freeman hasn't topped 15 carries on the year in a game yet, but I think he can flirt with that in this game. Um, the Chargers' run defense really started to sag a little bit of late. Um, Gus Edwards, Kenneth Dixon combined for 120 yards on 22 carries last Saturday night. Uh, including that 43-yard dash by Edwards to open the game. Um, Damian Williams had two touchdowns on the ground the week before that in that in that shootout against the Chargers. And then the week before that, Joe Mixon had 26 carries for 100, 111 yards and a touchdown. Um, the Broncos, we know, prefer to run the ball, even though they're um, in the top half, of, top half of the league in pass play percentage. But we know this offense likes to run the ball if they can. Um, this game should stay a little bit more competitive since it's at mile high. Mile high. Um, the Broncos are six and a half point home underdogs, but I think they can keep this a little closer, especially after beating the Chargers in L.A. Um, back in week 10 when Lindsey had 79 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, while Freeman also pitched in for 23 yards and another score in that win. So I think he can flirt with 15 carries, maybe even 18. Um, I'm not expecting like huge, huge rushing volume numbers here from Freeman at all, but he's he's super cheap. Um, 4,700 on FanDuel, which is just 200 above the minimum. It's a competitive, competitive game, so he, he's in play here. Yeah, I almost, I'm looking at him almost like a free square with with Lindsay out. I mean, it's just he's going to get the volume that everybody who drafted him in the third and fourth round in August hoped that he was going to get. Right, that's finally going to come to fruition, and I I think that 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 puts him in a good spot. But you mentioned some other names that are great value than Wilson and Hill. I mean, I think you have to add Rashad Penny perhaps to that group, and that's obviously much more risky than those other ones. But mm-hmm. you can see him get some run in that game. Jalen Rashard, you can see him get get a lot more run than usual if that game against the Chiefs gets out of hand. the The one that I'm picking at the bottom of this list is Dwayne Washington, who is minimum yeah. on both sites. And I'm I'm operating under the impression the Saints are going to either sit their starters or play them just a handful of snaps, treated almost like the fourth preseason game, or I guess the first or second preseason game. And if that happens, I'm pretty sure that Washington's going to get the carries. He had 11 carries in cleanup duty in a blowout against the Bengals back in week 10. He's minimum priced. He has a real shot for 15 to 20 carries. That's, I mean, that's about as good a value as you can get in DFS. And you look at all of these, and even if it doesn't work out for Washington and we find out later in the week, the saints are going to play or, you know, we, we, for some reason, the Broncos decide that they want to play Booker or whatever. You look at the bottom of this list and we've mentioned what now seven names here that you, you can go cheap at running back this week. I think it's safe to say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Saquon Barkley obviously is a guy you're going to plug in Sure. Uh, at the top. You're going to spend up somewhere, but aside from him, I think you're going cheap at this spot. All right. Looking at wide receiver, you also want to go cheap there with Kendrick Bourne, new number one receiver in San Francisco, right? Yeah, pretty much by default. Um, Dante Pettis injured his knee the first half last week against the Bears. Um, luckily, just an MCL injury, so it's not going to affect his 2019 status. Um, Marquise Goodwin came on in relief at X receiver after Pettis got hurt, um, got a stepped on with his Achilles on the final play and that stupid decision by Nick Mullins. Could have ran for an easy first down, but chucked the ball out of bounds and Goodwin had no shot, just tried to catch it, got Got injured on the play. Um, didn't practice on Wednesday. He's been battling a calf injury before that. So who knows if he's going to play. So it looks like Bourne could be the number one wide out here. He's played over 87% of the snaps in four of the last six games, including 95% of those last Sunday against Chicago. Turned five targets into four catches for 73 yards against the Bears. Um, has at least 60 yards or a touchdown in four of the last seven games. Good size at 6'1", 203 is a factor in the scoring area. I mean, George Kittle is going to dominate the targets for the Niners in this one, but 
the 49ers are going to be up in pace, um, likely playing from behind in a game with a 50-point total. So, I mean, I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities for the the secondary and ancillary parts here behind Kittle. Bourne tops the list. Um, behind him is slot man Trent Taylor, returner Richie James, and fresh off the practice squad wideout Stephen Dunbar, who they promoted on Wednesday. That's all they got at receiver. Um, the Rams have put the clamps down a little bit better on passing games in recent weeks but since Aqib Sleeb's uh, return from ankle surgery, but they faced the Lions, Bears, Cardinals, and Eagles in those games. Uh, Nick Foles lit them up in L.A. The other teams didn't do too much against them. I like I like Bourne to see at least six targets in this game, maybe flirt with 8-10. to 10. Um, Rams are playing for the eighth, NFC's number two seed. Niners playing for a top draft pick. They're just going to be throwing the ball all day, I think. Yeah, I like it too. I You mentioned that the Rams have been you know, a little bit better. And Bourne has, you know, you actually go back and look and it had been Dante Pettis as the number one, but Bourne had been getting quite a few targets and he hadn't mm-hmm. done a ton with them. So I think that it is a concern. I think that he is more of a, you know, a tournament option, Yeah, but he's cheap. Like he's 3,800 at DraftKings. He's 4,900 at FanDuel. So yeah, I think that, I think that, that play makes a lot of sense. So it's just, it's a volume bet on a player that actually, you know, did have a pretty good week last week. So, so yeah, not, not throwing to throw shade at him, but there's a little bit of concern, probably not cash game, but he is, but he is certainly in the tournament conversation. I went the other way at receiver because there's so much value at running back. I'm kind of interested in paying up at receiver, maybe not all the way up though. I think Mike Evans is a little bit underpriced at both sites. He's 7,700 at DraftKings. He's 7,300 at FanDuel. And I, I look at him and I see that First of all, he's been on fire lately. I, maybe that's under the radar a little bit that how good he's been just late in the season. He's averaging 96.8 yards per game over his last six, despite and that's even with you know the offense kind of slowing down a bit the last two games. And now he's getting to play Atlanta. They've given up the ninth most points receivers this season, including 20 touchdowns, third most in the league. We don't know about Deshaun Jackson if Deshaun Jackson's even going to play. So that's you know it's good for Chris Godwin obviously, but that's even. That's good for Mike Evans as well. You mentioned earlier the Griffin stuff, which that does concern me, obviously. But I, I think that this is just a, a great spot for Mike Evans. He's been on fire. He's cheaper than the other elite options, and I don't even think he's going to be thought of as the elite options. But I think he should be thought of kind of in that that kind of realm of receiver. And I think you can get him. You, I mean, I know you can get him for cheaper than those guys. A hundred percent with you. Both these teams top eight in offensive pace as well. It's like one of the only one p.m. Eastern games that really like stands out for fantasy so I, I love the Ed, evans call and especially if djx hits i like godwin as well too yeah I, the godwin thing man <laughs> going back to that well uh but i mean it makes sense like in yeah. fact it probably makes more sense than evans because of that history and we him struggling recently people aren't going to be as excited to put him in your lineup but i mean we know what he can do with targets we've seen it already this year and so it it just takes one or two big plays from him and then you're you're right back in it. All right, mm-hmm. let's move on to the tight end, which is just a it's just a disaster area. And you're you're digging you're digging deep in the dumpster here at <laughs> tight end. So tell us who you're looking for. I'm not probably not going to play much of this guy, but you, you're going to have to you, at tight end. You're paying off for Zach Ertz, uh, George Kittle, um, Travis Kelsey this week. All three of those guys are in awesome spots. But if you're not trying to be a little different, Jason Kroom, um, he plays for the plays for the Bills. So just informing you of that. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> Second year un- undrafted free agent. Um, made his third start in four weeks last week. Um, Charles Clay was a healthy scratch for the Bills um, last Sunday. So Kroon played a season high 70, 72% of the snaps. Set career highs across the board with six targets, four catches, and 55 yards on those targets. Um, lost a fumble in the red zone, which was a killer. Um, he was fighting for extra, extra yards. Um, but he's got good size, 6'5", 246. Um, was a factor in the red zone in the preseason. Caught three balls for 50 yards and a touchdown. Um, the Dolphins have just been terrible against tight ends this season, allowing the ninth most fantasy points to them and third most touchdowns to the position. Um, Vikings tight ends Kyle Rudolph and Tyler Conklin combined for 76 yards and five on five catches in week 15. Rob Gronkowski sprang back to life um, the week before that with eight catches for 107 yards and a touchdown. In week 12, Eric Ebron had five catches for 45 yards and two touchdowns. Week 9, Chris Herndon led the Jets with 62 yards on four catches. Um, week 8, Texans rookie Jordan Thomas had two touchdowns with 29 yards in that barrage against Miami on that Thursday night game. Um, and then the week before that, the Lions' uh, Michael Roberts caught three balls for 48 yards and a pair of scores. So Hold on. So you're trying to tell me that the Dolphins aren't good against tight ends? Is that what I'm trying to... Yeah, just, just terrible, man. Terrible, man. So Kroom <laughs> in a great spot here if, if play sits again. So he could he should play 70, 75, 80% of the snaps. Yeah, I looked at Kroom on when I was writing. I just did a quick waiver thing of the earlier this week. And I, I looked at Kroom and it, I mean, it makes sense. I, I don't know if I could go there in like a season long league, but you're right in DFS at the minimum, he's literally the minimum mm-hmm. on, on both the big sites. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You mentioned the top three guys and that's, that's really what you're going to pay up for. If you don't want to go quite that high, I do think that Evan Ingram is viable. You know, he's not a sleeper or anything, obviously he's actually cost more than Gronk at both sites this week, which is, I mean, what that's world wild. are we living in at this point? Right. I, but, I mean, it makes sense, I think, to pay for targets at tight end. And he leads the team in targets over the last three games. has 22% of the targets over over that time, at least 75 receiving yards in each of those games. Assuming Odell Beckham continues to sit, which he didn't practice on Wednesday, I it doesn't make sense that they would bring him back, in my opinion. So I'm assuming that he's going to continue to sit. I think Ingram is is there as well. If you don't want to go quite up to those to those elite guys. All right, let's finish up with you know defense. De- defenses get so overlooked, but they're important in in daily fantasy. I mean, they can they can win you a week if you get a big one. So, who are you looking at there at, at the defensive spot? Yeah, I mean, the first things I look for at defense when I'm playing DFS are who's the cheapest one I can play, and I want I want someone at home. I mean, that's just a thing for me. I want it, I want a, a team that plays at home. They seem to be more comfortable when they play. I have no research to back this up whatsoever. I've never looked into it, but that's how I feel, and that's where I t- tend to lean. And the Giants really pop off the the screen in this spot. Don't believe Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett whatsoever that they're going to play their starters. Maybe they'll play them a series or two, but I'm not expecting anything outside of like a preseason game for this one, like one to two series, take a seat after that. So Cooper Rush, I expect to play a ton of quarterback for the Cowboys. I don't even know if this guy's even throwing a regular season pass. I didn't bother look it up. Don't care. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to play a defense against this team in, in cash games. Looking at the, that, that stack of running back defense, I'm, I'm stacking Saquon Barkley in the Giants defense. Good, good correlation play there. So I'm going Giants everywhere I can in cash. I'm hoping Cooper Rush doesn't Nick Bullins us. Uh, yeah i I hope not Jeez, (laughs) that would be that would be less than ideal but yeah i mean it makes sense i'm also with you that they're not going to play their starters like so they 
2016, they played him a couple series, if I'm remembering correctly, and mm-hmm. then took him out. And that makes sense for what they're probably going to do this week as well. I'm a little bit higher up the list than the Giants with the Chiefs. But, I mean, you, you take a look at the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are one of the top options this week. Yeah. Not just, like, in value terms. I think they're, like, a top three defense this week against the Raiders. And when I looked at their price, I was shocked to see their price. 2600 at DraftKings, 4400 at FanDuel. They're they're far down the list, especially over there at DraftKings. And you look at their defense, and I, I guess maybe we're not paying attention. I don't know. They're tied for the league lead with 50 sacks. They have at least three sacks in each of their last six games. They have five sacks in three of those. And they're going up. They're at home going against the Raiders. Monday night was the first time since week eight that Derek Carr did not take at least three sacks and only the fourth time this season that he hasn't taken at least three sacks. The Chiefs should get sacks and sacks lead to turnovers mm-hmm. and they lead to touchdowns. And that's that's everything I'm looking for. You mentioned what you're looking for defense. I'm looking for sacks because sacks lead to fantasy points, both from the sack and the turnovers that they create. I think the Chiefs are an elite play. Yeah. And they are a middling price, and I, I don't really understand why they're priced where they are. If I can get up there, I'm going to go with them as well. I just like they're bottom three in opponent plays per game. So like you were saying to sacks lead to fantasy points. Well, the Chiefs face a ton of plays on defense. That that's even more opportunity for more sacks. So. I like that spot, and then the Chiefs are huge, huge home favorites, so Derek Carr should be um, dropping back to throw all day long, so I, I like this spot a lot for that defense. We're going to play – this. we're going to build this roster. Actually, I think this roster would fit with like $7,000 to spare. <laughs> Probably, right? yeah. We're playing Jason Crooms and whatnot. <laughs> would they give us an extra flex spot for for, for using that, that – Two-quarterback league. We'll play Mahomes and <laughs> whoever else you said, Winston or Lamar. We'll see. We'll see if we can get that set up. A special, a special, a special league. All right. Thanks, Nick. Good luck in DFS this week. And uh, we'll be back in just a second with Rich to talk about his worksheet column. So stick around. Listen up, fantasy football fans. You need to try out Draft. It's weekly fantasy football, but with no salary caps. On Draft, you play in live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. It's a draft that lasts for just one week. There's no roster management. You set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's absolutely it. Drafts start every couple minutes so you can join one right now. And the best part? You're playing for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft out there for everyone. Come and join me on Draft today. You can download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or you can play on Draft.com, whatever you like. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code ROTOWORLD. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using our promo code ROTOWORLD on your first deposit. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com to get started. And we are back with Rich Rebar to discuss some of the names you can find in his weekly worksheet column. How is it going, my friend? Ray, this is the last time I'm going to talk to you in the 2018 season. Uh, so, I mean, it's a, a little bittersweet. The 2018 year, calendar year as well, I would imagine. It's going to be, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's been a long time. It's been a long season, but we're here. We're to week 17. Not many teams are playing. In fact, we we focusing mostly on DFS, or we did focus mostly on DFS earlier in the show. But I, I know there's a lot still in your worksheet, as I say every week. 
You should read the worksheet. It makes you smarter. We're just going to hit on a few players here, but you know, there's so much more in the column. And we're going to get started here with a pair of rookie quarterbacks who have been playing really well lately, and that is Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. So what do we need to know about them? Yeah, I'll start with uh, Darnold first. But these are two guys I'm definitely going to be watching this week to see how they play to close out their rookie campaigns. Darnold has definitely looked apart since returning from injury. I mean, he's completed 65.9% of his passes for 7.9 yards per pass attempt while throwing six touchdowns to just one interception over those three games. Um, That said, he's in a similar spot that we kind of talked about last week uh, with rookie quarterbacks playing the Patriots, you know, in in New England, in Foxborough, Gillette Stadium, whatever you want to refer to it these days. Uh, rookie starting quarterbacks are now 0-13 on the road in New England since Bill Belichick took over in 2000. Patriots are winning those games by an average of 16.6 points per game. Baker Mayfield finds himself in a similar spot, and Baker Mayfield, as we all know, as great as he's been, his QB1 fantasy games have all come against complete cupcakes, one versus the Bucks, two versus the Bengals, one versus the Falcons. While it's definitely not the case when visiting Baltimore, um, the Ravens have allowed more than two touchdown passes in just one game this season, uh, and they've crushed rookie passers in their house. And rookie quarterbacks in Baltimore are 1-10 in 10, with four passing touchdowns, the 13 interceptions since John Harbaugh got there in 2008, and they're 2-18 all-time. Uh, since 1999. So with both these guys having such uh, strong finishes to their rookie seasons, I'm looking for them to put a bow on their seasons and finish with a tangible fantasy game in suboptimal conditions. Yeah, I'm, I was looking at the Browns as, as six-point underdogs, and I was liking – I really like it because, I mean, they have a lot mm-hmm. of motivation. Obviously, Baker Mayfield is not the kind of guy that's going to back down from from a challenge and the, the chance to knock someone out of the playoffs. But – that that history with rookie quarterbacks in both of those situations is concerning. And I mean, I wrote about Sam Darnold a couple of weeks ago and how he was playing pretty well and it just hadn't shown up in the in the box score yet. It has the last couple of weeks, but I think you you have to be at least a little bit concerned in what we're going to what we're going to get out of him this week as well. All right, next up is a player who disappointed a bit last week. But I'm going to bet that you're you're back in on Robert Foster this week. Yeah, and last week, I mean, he he didn't hit, but he left two huge plays on the yeah. table last week. Uh, one where uh, he lost the fly ball in the sun and it landed. Uh, basically, that's basically what happened. He just lost the ball in the sun, didn't even get his hands on it. Um, but the types of targets that uh, Bob Foster carries, I mean, they just carry such heavy upside. Since week 12 when Josh Allen returned to the lineup, uh, Robert Foster leads the league uh, in average depth of target with 23.1 yards per target. He's 10th of all wide receivers uh, in air yards. He's averaging 110.8 per game. The Miami Dolphins have allowed the six most receptions of 20-plus yards on the season, and Xavier Howard is still unlikely to suit up to close the season. So we're going to get Robert Foster uh, closing the season as probably a lower-end wide receiver, too, with the upside to be a lot more. Yeah, and I've been banging the drum a bit for him recently. And the reason is, as you mentioned, with Allen, with Josh Allen, he's such a good fit for kind of the way they're running their offense with Allen and, and kind of the the what probably Allen's going to be throughout his career unless we see some some real improvement in his ability, you know, underneath. So I think that he's such a good fit for that offense. Even though we saw Zay Jones have a better game last week, I am certainly more excited about about Foster coming mm-hmm. into week 17. Finally, we have to finish up with a player who I know you were high on last week in Sony Michelle. That really worked out. And I assume that you're going to jump right back on the bandwagon for many of the same reasons that you were high on him last week, right? 
Yeah, just to reiterate, reiterate some of the stuff we talked about last week. I mean, it's mostly so Tom Brady has historically let down in these spots. Uh, since 2012, he's had, they've had 26 games where they're double-digit point favorites. Uh, in those games, Tom Brady has scored 20 fantasy points just seven times. One of those was last week to make it 26. He's in the same spot again this week as their 13.5-point favorites at home against the Jets. Uh, Sony Michelle had 133 yards and 21 carries against the Jets. The last time these teams played is the Patriots ran for a season high 215 yards. And going back to last year, the Patriots are in an identical spot in week 17, needing to secure home field uh, for the playoffs against these Jets. And they ran the ball 38 times for 147 yards in that game and another touchdown uh, on the ground. So it's setting up for Sony Michelle to close this season and, and give the Patriots a week off. And it's not like, you know, this volume, the volume we saw last week, because there are other running backs that are still involved and they're going to be involved. Rex Burkhead's mm-hmm. going to be involved. James White's going to be involved. But as I think we discussed even last week when we were talking about Sony Michelle, is that if those James Devlin touchdowns or Sony Michelle touchdowns, we look at his finish to the season a lot differently. And that obviously created some value and created a situation where he was probably rostered in fewer DFS lineups than he should have been last week. We'll see if that happens coming off this big week. But, I mean, he's right back in the exact same position that we liked and that he hit in last week. So I'm I'm 100% with you there. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, as always. Been a great 2018 season. We really appreciate you all listening to the podcast this year. We'll be back throughout the offseason. We're not going anywhere. The, we have the playoffs to talk about. We have the draft to talk about. We have the preseason to talk about. There's, there are going to be a lot of podcasts from here moving on forward. So we're certainly not going anywhere. Keep subscribed to us. If you're not subscribed, make sure you do that. Rate and review where you find us. You could find Rich on Twitter, at Lord Reeves. You could find me, at RM Summerlin. You can find Nick, at Nick Nenzio. And I will be back to talk to you soon. <laughs>